Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. This week, I am joined by your floss pop dream girl. She has a mixtape dropping in the fall that I'm very, very excited about. Please welcome the iconic, the incomparable, the absolutely amazing. She's got bars for days. It is Sabby Sousa. Hello. Hi, how's it going? It's it's fantastic now that you're here. Um, <laughs> I've I've been listening to uh, your music all morning, so I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. Oh, I'm excited. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me, uh, what's the worst question that you've ever been asked in an interview? Oh my gosh, um, that's a little tricky because I feel like you know everyone usually ask really nice things but one time because my song cream and frosting kind of had like a little viral moment in the philippines i've been mistaken for being filipino so one time i was on like a radio interview in the philippines and they were completely under the impression that i was filipino and they asked me like a filipino question i was like uh you guys know i'm not filipino right oh no so so it wasn't really bad it was just like awkward so, I mean, I wouldn't say I've been ever asked something bad, but just there's always been like, you know, a little awkward moment here and there, <laughs> but I can't fault anybody but myself. <laughs> I swear, I'm not trying to be Filipino or anything. <laughs> I love the Philippines. If you could collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would you pick? Ooh, okay. Living? I would have to say Miss Nicki Minaj, but she's kind of like the most problematic person ever, but I love her. (laughs) So I feel like this week I'm going to say Marina and the Diamonds, aka Marina now. But um, yeah, I'm going to say Marina. Nicki, you've been bumped by a week. Stop being problematic. (laughs) Uh, Marina tends to be a very popular answer to this question. Everybody wants to work with Marina. She's so amazing. Like her songwriting skills just blow my mind. And honestly, it has helped inspire a lot of my writing as well. She truly is just like such an icon. So yeah, I can't forget Miss Marina. I love it. Using only one word, describe your latest project. Ooh, it's sassy. (laughs) It's very sassy. That's basically the one word that I would wrap it up in because it's just like a cute girl and she has attitude and I love her. But yeah, she's sassy. The project is very sassy. That's fantastic. What artist would you drop everything to go on tour with if they asked you right now? Uh... I would say Ariana Grande, but she's not touring. She's in her like wicked era. She's in her Broadway moment. So I can't really say Ariana. She's not touring. 
who else would I say? Hmm. This is a hard one. I love a lot of like really small pop girls. And one of my favorite pop girls over the years, her name is Lolo Zouai. I think she is literally iconic, very fabulous. She sings like half her music in French and she's just like such a cool girl. And I feel like that would be the ultimate like pop girl moment. She's just so fun. So I feel like if Lolo asked me, I'd be like 100% dropping everything. I'm going with you. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I, I love a good multilingual pop moment. Yes, she's so cool. Like everybody I've been meeting these days, I'm like, you need to listen to Lolo. <laughs> she's just so much fun. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Oh my God, there's so many things. But I feel like a major thing would be like how hard it is and the way that like labels have so much control over people. Like, I don't think people realize like how much control like labels do have. And like in a good situation, like labels can be very beneficial. Um, but another thing is like getting to the point where you need label help. It's like you owe them your whole life. But then, you know, if you're doing things independent, you have to fund everything yourself. And like, I feel like the music industry or being a part of the music industry is such tough, hard work. And I've always said, like, you really need to love music to be in this industry because like, you'll just, you'll just crumble. And you always have to remember that at the end of the day, like, you are here for the music. You love everything that, you know, is going into the music. Because if you lose that strive, which happens a lot of the times when either you're funding things independently or, you know, if you have a label watching over you that's actually not doing anything to help you these days, it can be very hard. And one thing I wish, you know, that would change would, you know, the acceptance of it. Like you can go out on the street and I'm going to say you can go out on the street, but (laughs) you can go out and get like a nine to five job, work in an office or, you know, work in retail or, you know, food industry. Like there's so many ways that you can apply for jobs and get a job, but in the music industry, there's so much like ins and outs and playing this like big mind game that, you know, it's just, I wish that it was a little easier to, you know, get to where you want to be and get to a happier place. Whereas like everybody I know is like struggling internally and nobody's talking about it because it's not like something people really want to talk about. So I wish it was a little easier (laughs) and that, you know, there wasn't this big weight on, you know, artists' shoulders because it shouldn't be, you know, an artist's job to have to deal with all the ins and outs. At the end of the day, like we should just be able to focus on the music and the art and everything that goes into it because that's already so much work. And now adding, you know, everything else onto that. I really do wish it was a lot easier, but yeah, that's a very honest answer. <laughs> that's a fantastic answer. Well, thank what's, you. What's a venue that you would give anything to play? Oh, Troubadour, 100%. Oh, nice. Like, so iconic. I'd like, truly so iconic. Um, I would love to play there's a venue actually I'm from Toronto. So there's a venue that's in our city called, uh, it was called the mod club. Um, it's recently got bought out and it's called the access club, but same venue. And I remember like being a little like Stan girl and lining up for my favorite artists there. And there was an iconic like wall that everyone would sign like artists. And then also like fans would sometimes sign it kind of like, you know, when you go to the park and you see like couples carving in like a tree, it was like that before this venue. I'm not sure if they've like painted over it or anything, but it was just so iconic. And I feel like I've seen so many of my favorite smaller artists that have now like blown up play there. And I feel like it'd just be very monumental but yeah those two venues they're smaller venues but iconic to me and you know my own separate ways (laughs) excellent what is your worst habit during the songwriting process oh my gosh that's a really good question (laughs) I think my worst habit is trying to throw in like buzzwords I, I usually keep like a little notes app or sometimes a journal of like my favorite descriptive words that I love to throw into songs just to like build stories and I feel like sometimes I try to get a little too detailed 
I'll be like, oh my gosh, this cake is so filled with blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we're not talking about a cake, but I'm like trying to like, you know, bring it back to a cake. And I don't know, like, I'm always trying to be descriptive and like secretive about things, but sometimes it just comes across like too weird and nobody can relate to it except for me. So, (laughs) and at the end of the day, you know, music should be relatable. And I feel like that's one thing I kind of struggle with. And I actually was talking to my manager about that the other day. I'm like, I want to start writing more music that, you know, is relatable, but it's relatable to me too, because I feel like for so long I've written for myself. And now I just kind of want to write for, um, when I say other people, I mean, like for people to relate, like I want people to listen to my music and go, wow, like that's relatable. Instead of me being like talking about the most random things, people are like, what is this song even about? And I'm like, you wouldn't know. No, you should know. (laughs) And you should relate, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, to to your credit, um, I very much relate to uh, your track, Cameron. Oh! Yes, that is, that, yes, this, this is, I'm just going to start playing Cameron on first dates and going, okay, this. Oh, my gosh. What what are you looking for? (laughs) Alexa play Cameron yes Alexa play Cameron no I feel like with spoiled that was another thing like I just wanted to make like really fun music and I you know just have a lot of fun because music was starting to get to a point where I was getting a little like not torn up but it felt like everything had to be so so perfect and then you know I, I made spoiled and I made it in a week and I literally was just, I was writing and I was having fun and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the first time I've had fun with music and I have been so serious about it in so long. So that's why a lot of the songs on Spoiled are very like dumb, (laughs) but like (laughs) dumb in a cute way. That's why I'm like, she's a sassy project. Like she's coming from a place of like, just I'm over it. I just want to make something that's silly. I love that. So yeah. What's a song that... Anytime you hear it on on like the radio or streaming, you go, damn, I wish I had written that. Oh, there's a lot of songs. There's a lot of songs. Cardboard Box by Flo. Oh my gosh, that song. Like, I don't know if the girls wrote it. I'm sure they did. But, you know, if they had any other writers in there, like kudos to them because it is so like well-written. I know it's just a song about like, you know, breaking up with a guy that like is a bum but it's just so clever and it has like that perfect early 2000s like girl group flair to it like very cheetah girls-esque I feel like all their music recently has been like really well written and just catchy and oh my god I wish I was in the writer's room like when that was happening or even when they were developing because like they're just so cool I love flow that was everything describe your perfect day Oh my gosh. My perfect day would be shopping. (laughs) I love shopping so much. And this may come as like a shop, but I'm also kind of like sometimes an old lady. Like I love like my nights out and like getting messy, but like, honestly, my perfect day would probably be like shopping and like afternoon tea. Like, I feel like that would be like so calming. And then, yeah, I feel like that's like my perfect day because you can't go wrong with like, you know, something new and something small yeah. <laughs> like little nibbles but yeah i feel like shopping and afternoon tea is like calm relaxing cute fun day but yeah that's a fun that. day we should we should institute like the afternoon tea over here i feel like that would be that would be a big thing right i don't know like i feel like it's like very old ladyish, but i've recently started getting back into it and it's just so like you get to gossip with your friends and just like, it's very, like, high society vibes, even though yeah. it's not. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. What's a song lyric, yours or someone else's, that's always stuck with you? Oh. Yours or someone else's? Hmm. that's really hard it has to be a marina lyric like a hundred percent um 
one of my favorite Marina songs that I'm honestly considering getting tattooed. It's called State of Dreaming from Electra Heart. And it's like quite literally one of my favorite songs. And that whole song itself is like, it, it's it's nuts. Like she's basically talking about how like everything is a facade. Like it's very like caricature, which I'm like obsessed with. Like whenever artists kind of play a character on their projects, I feel like I relate to it very very much because a lot of like my early music it was coming from a place of like me building a character that never really came to fruition but that song state of dreaming what would be a lyric from that like my life is a play like I don't even know but that whole song I don't think there's a specific lyric but that whole song just has always stuck with me but I think I want to revisit this question one day because it makes me think like I need to like really think about it but yeah no that song itself is like a book of lyrics that have stuck with me excellent but yeah what's your favorite cuss word (laughs) I love (laughs) kinds I think it's so fresh and fun and I feel like like it's not really even a cuss I mean I guess it is but like I just think it's so cute um and like to me it never like it rolls off the tongue so well it never feels like forced and like you know it's being reclaimed like I feel like people are using it obviously in such a like a like a I don't even know like a a way that's like hyping people up and you know kind of like reclaiming it basically and just making it like a fun word and I'm just happy because like for so long I feel like people would be like shushing people that would say that like you can't say that but like why (laughs) you know but um you know I'm glad that it's being reclaimed because it's such a fun word (laughs) it really is yes what is your favorite Beyonce song oh oh my gosh like we're gonna have to go like album for album (laughs) it's okay like right now it's heated because I'm obsessed with renaissance it's so good um but I love uh check up on it like oh that video too I just love Beyonce she's an icon but yeah especially that video with the pink backdrop and like she's wearing this like cute pink two-piece she got the braids and with the beads oh she just looks so good and that song itself is just so quintessential Beyonce. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the first song she dropped since she left Destiny's Child. I could be wrong. But it's just such a moment. Like, I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, oh, my gosh. She is the coolest person on the entire earth. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I, uh, I haven't been able to, like, pick a favorite song from Renaissance yet because it really is like oh my some, gosh. some days I'm like okay I'm feeling church girl more and some days I'm feeling summer renaissance more lately it's been Virgo's groove it oh, just, I it, love Virgo's groove it's just start to finish it's a perfect album yeah well I have a question for you then what do you think yes. is like your least favorite on the album then um my least favorite and this is this is probably going to get me in trouble, um, but <laughs> it's it's actually break my soul. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh, no! The transition from energy to break my soul is oh, like yeah. the, oh yeah, the transitions so are good, flawless. Um, but I think because break my soul was was the first single. And it was around for a minute that I, I've kind of gotten tired of it. And Fair. I'm like, there's the rest of this whole album that's just perfect. And I, I prefer the um, Queen's remix of Break My Soul. Fair. To... I don't know if I've heard the Queen's remix. I need to, I need to oh, get on that. Oh, you have to get on that because it is next level. Oh my gosh. Okay, I need to get on that. But um, oh, I'm like I feel like I've been seeing people like begging Beyonce to release visuals, <laughs> and then there was um, I saw a leaked thing that said some like somewhere that she was going to be announcing a tour for like next year, and I'm next like summer. I'm so st- yeah. or next summer yeah like oh my god I'm so stressed because you know 
uh, music is already so expensive. Now I'm going to have to take out like a line of credit to go see Beyonce. Like it's, <laughs> it's not even funny. Like it needs to happen, but um, oh my God, Renaissance is so good. Have you heard it live yet? Like, have you been out um, to any like bars where they've played it? Like I've only ever heard break my soul when I've gone out Yeah, I and I'm waiting for like, I haven't heard anything else. Like, you know, I, but I feel like if I heard it and I was like, out at the mall shopping, I would embarrass myself because I'd be like, yes, yes, we're having a renaissance moment at the mall. Yes. Oh my gosh. I went to, um, I saw Little Nas X last week in concert. He was incredible. I'm so happy I went. But um, his pre-show playlist, he plays heated at the end before he goes on. And then he does like a little dance number to like Pure Honey. And oh my gosh, it's just iconic. Like that album can be referenced for days and I would love to hear it everywhere live. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What is something that people would be surprised that you own? That I own? What do I own that's like a little weird? Um, what do I own? I'm trying to think of like anything weird. I have, um, I, this is not like a weird thing. This is just like a Tumblr 2012 moment or actually either I have a lot of Tumblr 2012 <laughs> moment things. Um, I am a huge One Direction fan. I, I don't say was because, you know, I have hope that they will come back one day. Um, <laughs> so I have like a ton of like One Direction memorabilia from like 2012 that I like hold on to in like the case of like maybe this will be worth something in like 10 20 years and maybe it's probably just worth something to me but um one of the things I own actually me and my friend were at a One Direction concert back 2012 and there was this whole bit where they threw like snowballs into the crowd and uh my friend caught one of the ones that Harry uh, through and then she gave it to me as like a birthday present so I literally have it in like a glass case <laughs> as like a Harry touch the snowball even though it's probably like been exposed to like you know contaminated air for the past <laughs> like 10 years <laughs> so I mean um yeah I mean yeah wonder in memorabilia that probably means nothing I think I have like a crump oh I also have like all my concert tickets from like that era so like Cher Lloyd and like five seconds of summer any like wristbands like because I used to be like a hardcore stan so I have a lot of like stan memorabilia that I refuse to get rid of because it's just very nostalgic oh and probably the weirdest is like I have confetti from like the floor at like my last One Direction concert because I'm like I don't want to leave it like <laughs> this is this is all I have left so yeah just like really weird fan <laughs> fan stuff <laughs> but yeah I guess that's kind of surprising because yeah I don't know a lot of people that go into music I mean that I've seen are like either secret fans or like you know just have always are really cool and like just do music and here I am being like well I always wanted to be a pop star but then I also had like the fan experience so like I know like how badly I want this and yeah I'm just I'm weird like that I hate being you know saying like oh I'm so weird like that but you know, I'm sure there's other artists out there that came from a stand background. So, yeah. If there was a musical Mount Rushmore for you, who would be on it? Oh, my gosh. How many people are, are on Mount Rushmore? Four? Four. Four? Okay. Musical Mount Rushmore. It's Lady Gaga, obviously. Um... Oh, this is really hard, actually. There's so many people I want to put. But I got to put the Trinity. Like, I got to put Rihanna, Beyonce, and Nikki because they're, like, the girls. And then I have to add Gaga in there because, you know, it's Gaga. So if they're, like, the, the Mount Rushmore, like, you go and you're, like, oh, yeah, those are the iconic girls. Yeah. Like, those are the four. I'm putting them up there. I love it. Describe your music using only colors pink <laughs> um okay how many colors let's just do, okay pink is like obviously the first one um I love like creams or like ecru anything like soft and just pastels in general um yeah pink pastels creams 
colors that remind you of basically Easter. I want people, like, another thing about my music is, like, colors play a really big role in, like, a lot of, like, visuals and things, and colors evoke, like, a lot of emotion, so I feel like I want people to feel, like, safe and, you know, cozy when they hear my music, and I feel like pastels, Easter colors, pink, things like that are always, like, comforting, like, you feel very safe in those colors, so, yeah. I like that, yeah. So, you're putting together um, a super group who are the other members oh my gosh I love this question because I'm a huge like girl groups girl I love a girl group like I said like flow obsessed recently (laughs) um at one point I was almost put in a girl group um in Canada we had this show called like the next star it was kind of like a kid's version of like American Idol or anything like that and um basically like they were recruiting me to be a part of this girl group but then they thought my image was too mature so and I was like 16 I'm like oh I guess they want like really young (laughs) so I I didn't get to live my girl group fantasy and um I also tell like a lot of my friends this it's kind of like funny but growing up I used to be obsessed with like the pussycat dolls and especially I was obsessed with girlicious and um watching like the search for like the next girl group like with girlicious I was 110% convinced (laughs) that I could have been in that group I'm like all these girls are garbage (laughs) I mean I loved who they ended up with but like I was convinced I'm like no like the competition and I was like probably like seven I was like no like these girls are garbage like I could have done this and even now I'm like no I could have did it (laughs) but anyways girl group um ultimate girl group it would have to be me because I never got my girl group moment so it'd be me who would be some really fun ones I love the smaller girls that are popping up right now um I feel like they need to have more of a of a moment they don't need girl groups but I feel like if we were to band like some of the small girls together and get them in like a girl group it could be like a hot hot moment so it'd probably be like me my girl Lolo love her to death um who else me Lolo I love Ravina. her vibe is very like fairy garden princess so I feel like but she has that early 2000s flair and I know she could bring it so I feel like me Lolo Ravina. um who else I love Flo Millie Flo Millie would be super cool in a girl group and then maybe I feel like we need who else could we add to this little potion? I mean, that could be, the four of us could be cute. I love a four yeah. group. Because the thing about five, I mean, five is like iconic. All the big girls are five, five, three. But I don't know. There hasn't been like a four girl group. Maybe that's what we're waiting for. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. So the music industry big wigs come down from on high and they push a mountain of cash at you and they say Sabby you are allowed to cover one song but from any artist's catalog money is no object what song are you picking oh my gosh why do I feel like this is a question that needs to be asked like Ava Max like (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) because like she is out here sampling every song under the sun which i i love it honestly like people have their their opinions about it but i love this ava max she's super cool um a song that i could cover oh my gosh like tiny dancer close hold me closer moment hmm that's a little hard so many good ones i love cinderella by play cheetah girls but i feel like i could get away with that um without spending all the labels <laughs> so I want to think of oh what's a good one if it was like for a movie soundtrack I feel like somebody to love by queen would be really good oh, um nice. yeah when I was younger it's kind of this is so silly but like I didn't really grow up with um being exposed to like dad rock or anything like that so I didn't know about like queen elton john like a lot of like iconic you know, the greats until I was like in high school, which is pretty crazy. So when I heard somebody to love for the first time, it was actually an Ella Enchanted. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, and then it was, um, what's that other song? The 
don't go breaking my heart. They yeah. do that too. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the best soundtrack ever. And I would like listen to it all the time, not knowing it was like Queen Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> but um, definitely one of those for like a movie soundtrack. I would have to get back to you about like single but I think it'd be really cute for like a movie. Oh, or Barbie Girl for the new Barbie movie. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. I am trying to get my foot in that movie. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'll be a fly on the wall. You want me to be a garbage can? I'll do it. <laughs> anyway, to get in that movie, I'm, I'm trying. But yeah, those are my choices. Barbie Girl, somebody love. Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> I love it. So speaking of uh, film soundtracks, what's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Oh, I'm going to have to pull up my discography really quick because <laughs> that's a good question. Oh, my gosh. Not the last song I was listening to being Breathless by Caroline Polachek. I love that song. Um, let's see. What would it be? For a movie? Uh-huh. I feel like Cameron could be really good in like an A24 um like mean girl movie. Like they done like Bodies, 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 and Charlie did that fun song. And um I know Assassination Nation, they did that Tommy Genesis song. Um, all the bad bitches in the city or whatever that song was. It was a good ass song. I remember that. But Cameron could be really cute for like a mean girls montage. Like either somebody's getting killed or they're walking through the mall and everyone's like, oh my God, who's that? But yeah, Cameron in like an A24 movie would be such a slay. I'm not going to lie. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. Um, I have three of the most cliche questions uh, that all musicians get asked in interviews. And I will let you pick one that you would like to answer. Your Ooh. choices are, who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process? What was the second one? What got you started in music? What got me started? Okay, I'll do that one because I love answering that one. That one's a fun one. Okay. Um, okay, so what got me started in music? So when I was four years old, I had I was at like my aunt's like New Year's Eve party and we were like setting up and somebody was playing um Kylie Minogue. And in that moment, I all I hear was the na 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 na. And I was like, oh my God, like my jaw was on the floor. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like whatever she's doing, I want to do that. I want to be a pop star. It was in that moment. Like I, I never even seen Kylie. I was just hearing her and I was like, that's it. She is whoever that is. I want to be her. So that was where like the initial start for it happened. And then, you know, I had done music like my whole life, like through musicals, like like through high school things choirs things like that and then in university well I went for a year to like university college and I realized like you know music's really expensive like I can't do this you know being in school like I need to fund this myself if we're going to get things like moving so I dropped out and um, I was a part of this like small program where I got to meet up with these producers that I currently still work with and they actually did camera they, they do all my stuff and only recently have I started to branch out to other people because I'm very open about working with you know new people but I've been working with this duo called House of Wolf for a minute and they've helped me you know develop my sound and um just kind of helped me out so we've been working together since back then and from there I mean that's how I kind of got my foot in with starting to make music but I feel like I had the background of, you know, I always idolize like the pop girls, like especially the girls from the early 2000s, like Britney, Christina. Um, my biggest was like Hilary Duff. I loved Hilary. She was my first concert. Cheetah Girls. Like I was very influenced by like the pop it girls and, you know, bringing it into my like current sound. It, I always knew that I wanted to be like a pop it girl on like even a small scale or a large scale. But um, yeah, that's where I kind of started. And then in high school, when I discovered like Marina, Charlie, um, like Lana, 
that's when I started getting more into like my songwriting bag <laughs> because they're so profound in like the way they write. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, and I'd always loved writing like short stories and things. And like, well, why don't I just like transform my short stories and just make them into music? So like a lot of my music is like char- character pieces, you know, like I said, like kind of like building this character and like not relating to me at all. But um, yeah, so it was like a combination of the early 2000s girls mixed with like the Tumblr girls and now like me transforming into like this mesh of both of them to create like what I'm doing. So yeah, that's kind of like a little synopsis of where I'm at and how I got there. I love it. What is your strangest pre-show ritual? Oh, I mean, I don't have anything like quite strange. Um, I just really love being present in the moment. If somebody's on before me, which um, I really like love that too, because I feel like, you know, joint collective performances, like with other artists or opening spots, like I feel like in general, like we should always be supporting other artists. And I feel like some people just don't like to, you know, be there for the, the opener or be there for like other people. But like, I just love to be present and like watch what's going on because it gets me excited to like go on stage. So I love being present in those moments. But if possible, I love to eat. I mean, this is what I usually eat after dinner too, because it's, I call it like a palate cleanser, but like a singular olive and, but it has to have like a red pepper in the middle. So I feel like I'm always good to go if I have my olive, but sometimes I don't have it. So I don't like beat myself up about it, but you know, if I can have an olive <laughs> before I get on, I'll be really happy. I know that's like stupid though, because people are like, oh yeah, like I'll take a shot of like tequila or like something to get like my veins going. But like, no, I, <laughs> in that moment, like all I really want is like either water or like an olive. <laughs> I hope that like the more, like in in depth I get in my career like not that I shake the olive thing but I hopefully I get like you know like a teen chant or like I don't know just like something more fun than like drinking water and putting an olive in my mouth (laughs) but yeah that's basically where I'm at for like pre-show rituals that is fantastic (laughs) do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer Ooh, I mean I would consider myself an artist because I feel like you can't be an artist without being an entertainer. Um, They kind of go hand in hand. Like you need to be able to like entertain your audience. I feel like one thing that I've noticed about, you know, a lot of artists is in general, like you need to have stage presence. Like you can't get up there and just perform. There's so much that goes into being an artist you know, you can be a singer and, you know, sing songs and, you know, be great like that. But when, when it comes to having like true artistry, it's like your vision, like you're about, you don't need to be completely behind like your visuals, your writing, your choreography, like everything like that, but you need to be, you know, involved in all those aspects. And I feel like when you're a true artist, like you combine all these different flavors of your art to create like who you are. So I feel like there's a lot that goes into it. Whereas like, you know, entertainers will, you know, entertain you for the night, but um, sometimes, you know, their material, material may be borrowed, which is fine. Or, you know, they're taking from out something else, which is great. Cause we all love inspiration, but um, I feel like I'm more so like an artist than anything, but I do carry traits of entertainment because you need to have stage presence to command your crowd and keep everybody, you know, engaged because you can have the best vocals in the world and the best outfit and the best hair and, you know, the whole bits. But, you know, if you're sit up there like a cactus, you know, nobody's going to be gagging. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you need to put on a show. And I think, I feel like I get that because I looked up to a lot of the early 2000s girls, like they put on shows, like they were true artists. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, when it comes to, you know, artist entertainer or entertainer definitely an artist (laughs) excellent how many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in the morning oh my gosh (laughs) I actually I'm so bad I want to be like that um what do they call them like 
clean girl, it girl who like wakes up at like 5 a.m. and then works out and then does this and does that and like has this like productive day. I mean, that's what I try to aim for. But in all honesty, like it probably takes me like six or seven alarms. And I name them like the most ridiculous things like, all right, it's time. And like they increasingly get more and more annoying, especially today, um, where I literally woke up with a bloody nose <laughs> unfortunately because um I'm on Accutane so I woke up and I was like oh no like I guess the alarms didn't work <laughs> but this did so I got up eventually but yeah I'm bad when it comes to sleep <laughs> what uh do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians um that we owe anybody anything like (laughs) I've always found it so stupid like I saw this artist tweeting about it the other day she was like I'm not gonna come out and meet people tonight because I don't owe you guys anything but like what (laughs) (laughs) whenever somebody says something like that I think it's just so arrogant like you could literally just say oh guys I'm so sorry like I'm really tired like sending me so much love like you know there's a way to go about it but when people like are like oh my god I don't owe you anything it's such a privilege to be a full-time um, artist I'm currently not a full-time artist and I know so many people that you would be shocked about are actually not full-time artists as well I mean it's the goal but it's such a privilege to be able to do music full-time and when I get to that point you know I will always thank my fans um oh my god it's so weird saying like my fans I think of them as like friends at this point um But I think it's also because I come from like that stand background. So I know how it feels to be on the other side. And those like artist to fan interactions, like it may be only like 10 seconds of the artist's time or like a minute, but it literally means so much. And like people will carry those moments for like the rest of their lives. Like I still have like artist interactions from when I was younger that I'm like, wow, like, I mean, I can't wait to be a full-time artist and treat people like this or, you know bad experiences where I'm like you know I'm not going to treat somebody like this (laughs) but um I I definitely find it weird when people are like I don't owe them anything I'm like no but you truly do like owe them you know your whole career (laughs) because like your whole the thing is like being an artist it takes like I said it takes so much more than like having the great music the look the sound everything like people need to be able to support you and if you don't have a following or you don't have fans like then literally like you're not going anywhere so to throw it back in their face and say you don't owe them anything I just think it's so disrespectful and um we do owe them (laughs) we owe them a lot (laughs) we owe them more than labels like honestly we should be paying stands to run PR campaigns and you know paying stands to be there and like giving them the benefit of the doubt because like labels are just mooching off of artists and you know they're not really doing anything to help in all honesty these days they don't even want to give people a budget but anyways yeah common (laughs) misconception people need to shut up (laughs) (laughs) what moment in your career are you most proud of Ooh, most proud of I would probably say um creating lasting fan interactions and engagements like I have people that will message me on Twitter being like you know I've been here since like 2016 or like sometimes I'll get comments on TikTok and people will be like oh my gosh like I've been here since like Heartbreak Hotel which is like my first song And, you know, they still check in and they're still supportive. And I feel like for me, having like those core people that have, you know, I've been like all over the place when I say that. I mean, like there was a time when I only released like one song a year or something. And as like an independent small artist, like it's it's super hard. And for people to still be like hanging around and still excited, it it means so much to me. And I mean, I just want to give back as much as possible. Like I don't have many people to start with like (laughs) I hate to be the one but um to out myself and be like oh my god there's not that many people but it's true like those small amount of people like they mean so much to me and um having those core people I think would probably be like the most monumental thing that I've created because I've created like a community and I never thought like I'd be able to do something like that even on a small scale so I would say it's you know having people that actually really like my music would probably be what's the best moment so far that's 
absolutely the most beautiful answer to this question I've ever gotten. Oh, thank you. <laughs> There's been moments I feel like where people are like, oh my God, like getting signed to a label, like getting this and this. And like, sure, those are like fun moments, but like, what are the moments that like you actually take away that like last and like you really think about, you know, like yeah. anybody can be signed to a label. Anybody can get like 50,000 streams, 100,000 streams, a million streams. Like it, it, numbers are nothing when you don't have you know, people that actually care. So I always will give it back to my OGs. So yeah. <laughs> What's the first song that you remember hearing? The Kylie Minogue Can't Get You Out of My Head. A hundred percent. That was the first song I ever heard. Like that was, I don't even remember hearing like Wheels on the Bus or like um what a what a like uh I don't even know what are other children's songs like Finding Nemo, I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. It was Kylie, like from the gecko. Like, oh, yeah, that was the first song I ever heard. <laughs> if you could start your career over from the minute that you decided to pursue music, would you do anything differently? Yes, I would. I would have. I was in this like weird program where I was like paying, basically it was like a label, like paying, but it wasn't even like they were paying me or like, you know, putting budget into me, but like I was paying them, but I would have not been in that situation. Um, And like, technically, I mean, I had to do it because I had met my producers that I still work with to this day. So it was like a blessing and a curse. Um, But I would have met those producers and then dipped (laughs) (laughs) and then I think earlier in my career what I would have done is probably um maybe save some money and well I mean it's so hard to save money as an artist I say that as like you know whatever but save some money and maybe go and work in LA for a bit because I never really got to do that and it's never too late to do that I actually still do want to do that eventually um but it's just not in the cards but I feel like being you know around other like-minded individuals and artists motivate you and you know help you see other perspectives like I was alone for a while I was actually like just doing every single thing on my own until I met my manager uh, or not met her but you know made her my manager (laughs) but um, I was literally doing every single thing down to the bone alone and it was so isolating and I feel like if I could go back, like I would have surrounded myself with more community because I would have probably, you know, got the ball rolling quicker and probably been a lot happier in my early music days. So, yeah. What keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? The mixtape, <laughs> <laughs> the, t- the timeline. Oh my gosh. Um, just everything. I'm constantly, I'm very much like, I have this whole idea for like my life to be this empire and like all these constantly, I have all these ideas flowing through my brain and I just want to do every possible thing that I can. And it just gets me like very excited. So I feel like I go to sleep like very excited and like 1% stressed because I can't do everything I want because I don't have the funding for it. But I make the most out of my situation and I know that, you know, the music will speak for itself and I can do the most with what I can. So I feel like the excitement and the stress keeps me up. <laughs> Would you ever consider maybe trying acting full time? Um, that's so funny you bring that up because my favorite, as I said, I was a One Direction fan. My favorite man in the world, Harry Styles, has recently dipped his toe into acting and it is not so great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like I said, I look up to the It Girls. So like Gaga got into acting. My girl Cher, like the Cher, not Cher Lloyd. (laughs) But um, I have a love-hate relationship with acting. When I was going into high school, in Canada, like, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but like for certain schools, like for art schools, you have to like audition and, you know, create like, you know, an audition. And I accidentally applied to this school under acting instead of singing. I don't know why I did that. I'm not a good actress. I, sh- I wish I took lessons. Um, and I went in there and 
I didn't even know my monologue. I just like stuttered and stood there and they're like, that's all. And I'm like, but wait, I can sing. Like it was literally something out of Victorious. And no, I didn't get in because I'm like, what the hell? Like what is going on? Like, but um, I definitely, I'd be interested to get into acting, but I feel like it'd be like very much like Disney Channel role, like where like the actor shows up and it's like audience claps and it's like, hey, how's it going? And it's like, woo. <laughs> like cameo vibes um but I don't know if I could do anything I mean I could do anything I set my mind to I don't know about Oscar worthy maybe I could be like the painting on the back of like um like an Adam Driver movie I don't know so nice. we I don't know we'll see maybe we'll one see. day the day is not today <laughs> I'll tell you that <laughs> So uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world, uh, what's out for you right now? What, what of yours should we be listening to? So currently I have out two singles from my mixtape Spoiled. It's coming out to be decided. It was originally going to happen in summer, but now I've gotten really inspired and ended up adding a bunch more songs to it. So I feel like, you know, it will have its moment. But right now, two songs are out. One of them is called Cameron, and one of them is called Bad Girl Like Me, featuring my bestie, Rilo. If you want, like, a bad bitch anthem to hype you up before you go to the club or, you know, any time in life, Bad Girl Like Me is the song for you. And Cameron is for girls who have unrealistic standards or even just anybody who has unrealistic standards for men and just want to live in a fantasy where, you know, men treat them like princesses and bad bitches so (laughs) those are the songs that are currently out that you can check out and yeah what's so what's next what is what does the future hold for you the future holds for me what does it hold for me I really it's Libra season I mean it's the first day of Libra season today which is very exciting because I'm a Libra and (laughs) I just feel like I'm already in this like magical aura of feeling really happy and positive just because today is the first day. So I'm, I'm really happy that we're doing this podcast today, (laughs) but um, what the future holds, the future holds abundance, success, and lots of love. I feel like on all aspects, being surrounded by lots of love, loving people, music about love, music that heals and loves other people. So yeah, lots of love. Excellent. Um, thank you so much uh, for 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 doing this today. I have I have enjoyed having you on the show so so much. And if you, if you next time when the when the mixtape comes out, uh, if you want to come back, just uh, drop me a line, and we'll definitely have you back on. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. I mean, I. I love chatting. I could chat all day. I'm a chatterbox. Like, I, you know, sometimes I feel like people are like, oh, like, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm nervous. No, I, you can chat with me all day. It's a problem. <laughs> so thank you so much for, you know, having me. And I, I can't wait to be back. So it's been great. This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.